Dave from Australia, from the palatial yet not overly ostentatious Bill Show Studios. It's time for the Bill Show Politics this week. And now, here are your hosts, Bill and Randy. Hello, Randy. How are you? I'm fine. Are you happy? I'm I'm all right. I'm happy. You happy? I'm cold, but happy. Well, you know we're we're in a five five day snap lockdown. Well, you know we're yeah, I know we're not that happy because here in Australia, guys. Uh, hi, how are you guys? Hello, listener. Uh, Hello, listener. Great yeah. to see you guys again, or hear you, or or sense your presence. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. we've been uh, having a small lockdown situation here in Australia. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm in my house doing what we it's do. It's the third wave. It's the third wave and um I guess it's uh I guess we've come to expect it, but Australia really reacts quickly and uh, they've reacted quickly. So. Yeah, no, no, they don't. It's none of this shit that you see in the US. <laughs> no, really Helen isn't. Was, I, Helen, I, my wife Helen, my wife Helen, whom you often ask after. Uh, she was in quarantine for two weeks because she came back from Queensland, which is another state, which was a uh, red zone. Yeah. So she had to quarantine at home for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they're not kidding around. <laughs> you know what I mean? They never do. They, they never have. They, so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the, as soon as it reared its ugly head, the Delta, you know, uh, quadrant or virus or wh- whichever version we're now up to. <laughs> you know which which version of apocalypse? Well, the we're, Delta we're variant. You mean is it the Delta variant? It's the Delta yeah. variant, right? Which I said in the other show was kind of like I've. It feels like Star Trek. You know, <laughs> it feels like science yeah. fiction film. It does not the Delta variant. Yeah, the Andromeda strain. Is all those books you read in the seventies? <laughs> I kind of think that I might end up wandering around Melbourne like Charlton Heston, but I, you know, in in, oh, no. in that film, in that film, at least you got to see Woodstock. I mean, that's a fucking good film. You'd be really pissed How off. You'd be really pissed off now. What are you gonna? What are you, what are you gonna see? Fucking Avengers eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to sit there and watch Fast and Furious 9 for the end of time. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> uh, whatever was in the bio box, he has to watch it. Well, enough of our talk of science fiction. <laughs> we... Dystopian movies, yeah. <laughs> By the way, we just didn't edit because we we went around talking for about half an hour. <laughs> uh, so and That's, how distract... That's how distractible. We are. <laughs> Seriously. Totally distractible. Hey, listen, uh, it's been a, uh, a, an amazing uh, couple of weeks in politics in America. That's what we're about today. Yeah. So let's play the news theme, ladies and gentlemen, and get into it. Thank you very much. I'm very excited. Okay. What has been happening, folks? Well... I, we here at the Bill Show didn't want to say that we, I don't know, kind of told you so. <laughs> they're coming out with these books, Randy, right now, and that they're, they're revealing all this stuff all the time, and it's and oh, I said, yeah, yeah, got to got to do a book, got to do a book, got to be a book. There's like three books right now that came out, and everybody's really shocked about them, and uh, one of them uh, is uh, a book called uh, I, "I Alone Can Fix It." And, uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's ironic. <laughs> it's an ironic piece. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and he tells some stories, ladies and gentlemen, that kind of reflect kind of what we were saying on this podcast a long time ago. Uh, evidently, the top U.S. military officer, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, was so shaken that then-President Donald Trump and his allies might attempt to coup or take other dangerous or illegal measures after the November election that Milley and other top officials informally planned for different ways to stop Trump. According to excerpts from an upcoming book obtained by CNN, the book was by Pulitzer Prize-winning Washington Post reporters Carol Lenig and Philip Rucker states, Ah... Oh, this is this is everything that you thought. 
uh, states that in the days leading up to January 6th, Milley was worried about Trump call, Trump's call to action. Milley told his staff that he believed Trump was stoking unrest, possibly in the hopes of an excuse to invoke the Insurrection Act and call out the military, which we said he was going to think about doing. Milley viewed mm. Trump as a classic authoritarian leader with nothing to lose, the author writes, and he saw parallels between Adolf Hitler's rhetoric as a victim and savior and Trump's false claims of election fraud. This is a Reichstag moment, Milley told aides. The Gospel of the Führer. Ahead of a November pro-Trump million MAGA march to protest the election results, Milley told aides he feared it could be the modern equivalent of brown shirts in the streets, referring to the pro-Nazi militia that fueled Hitler's rise to power. Look, look, this is what he said. He said, look, guys, these are Nazis. They're the same people we fought in World War II. I have, I said that verbatim. I have seen so of you on this <laughs> Broadway. We said, yes, good. <laughs> you know, uh, and basically, yes, the new books reveals well what we've been saying for five years. Trump is a yeah. Nazi. And now it's yeah, front page. he's nuts. Yeah, yeah, he's a Nazi. So now it's and front Willie, Willie. Yeah. Maybe they should uh, remember all the riffs they had of Hitler in his bunker taken from that film. Yes. Uh, called The Downfall. I wish they would do riffs on Donald Trump's last days and, oh, I'm and January 6th. I, they will. That's, that sounds like fun. In his bunker, you know, Bunker Boy. That's <laughs> the right. title for your play, That's Bunker right. Boy. Yeah. It's fine. Don't worry, Albert Spears coming in. Uh, and now it's front page <laughs> news that Trump is a Nazi. Let me get through here. Uh, it's a front page news that Trumpy is a Nazi. Mika Joe and all the talking heads are having puppies because puppies because someone in authority said the N-word. He's a thug and a weasel, and evidently now it's a surprise that someone called him a Nazi. If you didn't know oh, that no. this mutton-headed sociopath was a Nazi, you've been living in a cave for the last five years with Gwyneth Maxwell and the Unabomber. Come on, people! The mainstream media's shock and horror about this is absolutely hilarious. It's like someone comes into your house, steals your dog, gives your children the plague, puts your relatives in cages and burns down your house and five years after the fact you're thinking that eh, the guy who broke in might be kind of a crazy asshole. But you know what the dead giveaway is? When the guy that actually burns down your house is wearing an Auschwitz t-shirt. Yeah. Mm, that's it. I think that's a dead giveaway. What do you think, Randy? Kind of a dead giveaway? I I, I agree, listener. Uh, just be careful of those guys with the slight German accents. Or, the uh, German accents? No, they 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 were all from Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> complaining. <laughs> I can't get home. Yeah. <laughs> Taking selfies of themselves. Uh yeah. It might be a dead, also a dead giveaway when Nazis marched through the South with tiki torches lit, singing, the Jews will not replace us. And your president says, they're very nice people. They were nice people. They were nice people. I don't know. He might be a Nazi. What do you think? (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Maybe that's a freaking giveaway, but maybe you should... Fucking amp up your Nazi detector <laughs> just a fucking bet. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I lost my temper. <laughs> Hello? You found uh, it? I thought I was gone for good. Oh. No, no. I was like, I went, I, I did my Sam Kennison there. <laughs> you know, the actual, <laughs> the actual. <laughs> You know, the actual person who put this point while writing it, uh, while I was writing it, actually, I was writing this and I said, the person that pointed, uh, uh, made this point was Keith Oberman on his YouTube channel. And the fact that Keith only has a fucking YouTube channel. How is he? Is a testament to the right wing corporate media that fucking 
makes your MSNBC only shows rich white guys who used to work for George Bush. Uh, so yeah. here is Keith Oberman. Oh, oh. And I'm just going to play it, man. Keith, yeah, I, Keith, I'm just going to share it, man. This is, this is, yeah, you're the man terrific. as far as terrific. I'm concerned. Because the only person that's been right continually and the only person that has maintained the amount of rage that you really have to have against these fuckers, because they're coming back. Don't think that they're not. They are coming back. They have a base to work with, and they want to come back. So here's Keith Oberman and Illinois Nazis. Trump said to his chief of staff, John Kelly, quote, well, Hitler did a lot of good things, unquote. Kelly, quote, told the president that he was wrong, but Trump was undeterred, emphasizing German economic recovery under Hitler during the 1930s, unquote. An excerpt from Michael Bender's new book dating to Trump's trip to Europe to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the ending of World War I. Let's skip for the moment Kelly's amazing disloyalty to this country and to the soldier's son he lost in Afghanistan where he was fighting fascism. How any American could have heard any president praise Hitler and not immediately call a news conference and announce it to the world media in real time, we will skip that. Because the real headline here is the description of Kelly's actual reaction to Trump saying, quote, well, Hitler did a lot of good things, unquote, which is that Kelly was stunned. Stunned? Why stunned? Vanity Fair magazine, September 1990, Marie Brenner interviews Trump. Quote, Ivana Trump told her lawyer that from time to time her husband reads a book of Hitler's collected speeches, which he keeps in a cabinet by his bed. Did your cousin John give you the Hitler speeches? I asked Trump. Trump hesitated. Quote, who told you that? I don't remember, I said. Quote, actually it was my friend Marty Davis from Paramount who gave me a copy. Quote, I did give him a book about Hitler, Marty Davis said. Later, Trump returned to the subject, quote, if I had these speeches and I'm not saying that I do, I would never read them, unquote. 1990. Vanity Fair reprinted that interview in 2015. I quoted it in my first commentary for GQ a year later. There's no reason to be, quote, stunned that Trump said, quote, Hitler did a lot of good things, unquote. It's what he believed. It's what he believes still. It's what his followers believe. Marjorie Trader Greene compared masks to the Star of David, then went to the Holocaust Museum, then apologized, and then on Tuesday, again compared those who are pro-vaccine to brown shirts. Trump and the others are not like admirers of Hitler. They are not like Nazis. They are admirers of Hitler. They are Nazis. Yeah, here endeth the lesson. Oh, <laughs> end- what the ever quacks like a duck and walks like a duck? It's a Nazi. It's a duck. It's a fucking duck. <laughs> so, oh, oh man, dear. it it just hurt me. Badly to sit there and watch this feigned amazement, uh, you know, of of God, you know, the N word. Oh my God, he's a Nazi. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I kind of told you about. No, I don't know, 1990 that it was a Nazi. Anyway, anyway, uh, our next story is even so much more fun. Um, Oh, so much more fun, ladies and gentlemen. The books also revealed a little bit about. uh, I don't know. Donnie's feelings about Mike Pence. <laughs> and, uh, the book focuses on the closest the executive branch has come to battered wife syndrome. <laughs> of course, we're talking about that walking, talking lump of oatmeal, <laughs> Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, Mike hasn't been really respected that much, all that much. No, but he, no, he's, no, no, no. I agree with you there. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I don't know. And you know, I, I, we through the entire four years, we referred to Mike Pence on this program as Weekend at Bernie's. He was, he, was, he would appear. Oh, he, he would appear. A- <laughs> he would appear in the rear of a room with Nancy Pelosi, you know, and Donald saying something stupid. And you looked at Mike, and he, I, I swear to God. He looked like Madame de Sade. It was just like nothing. It was like this. 
<laughs> he's holding up a fly. That's what he was doing. Yeah, that's right. Someone had to he's move him. Keep the flies off Trump. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but Mike has been absolutely fantastic. And evidently, uh, the last negative thing he said to, uh, to him was uh, evidently he said uh, that we, we had different views on, you know, January 6th when Trump sent his minions to go kill him. Uh, so... <laughs> We now have a firm chronology of what Trumpy <laughs> did. Well, you know, Mike was pretty under the gun there. I don't know. <laughs> so well, if, if he you doesn't really want, do what we want, if he yeah. doesn't do what we want, he's not a friend of ours. Yeah, could I have some appropriate music? Yeah, dun, something dun. bright. Something <laughs> bright and happy. <laughs> Here's a little pic of Donnie's behavior uh, on the 6th of January. Um, One, in the Oval Office late that morning, Trump huddled with their aides and family members. (coughs) Excuse me. Sorry, I got to clear my throat for this. Uh, In the Oval Office later that morning, Trump huddled with aides and family members. The president went in and out of the dining room to check on TV coverage, hoping to gauge the size of the crowd uh, that was headed to the Capitol. You can imagine fat boys stumbling into the dining room with 50 quarter pounders and fries, maybe some Doritos, just having what they call a little car park. (laughs) Yeah, like the Super Bowl and a coup at the same time. Uh, senior White House officials Mark Meadows, Keith Kellogg, and Eric Hersham were there too, as were their president's adult children. You know, the brains trust. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump Jr., <laughs> Ivanka, and of course, the people we turn to, the person I would turn to, Eric. <laughs> and of course, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we did half an episode on this fucking lady. Oh, that woman. Oh. Trump Jr.'s girlfriend. Yes, the Brains Trust, including Fox's very own soccer mom on meth. Kimberly Guilfoyle. Some of those around the president's encouraged. I swear to God, man. Some of those around the president encouraged his fantasy of Pence, the hero, stepping in to overturn the election. Guilfoyle, referring to the growing crowd on uh, a growing crowd, told him, and we quote, They are just reflecting the will of the people, mein Führer. Oh, sorry. Wrong. Wrong leader. Okay. They are just reflecting the... Well, how do I turn like it? They are just reflecting the will of the people. This is the will of the people. Because I... <laughs> she only yells, you know that. So... That they and... Don't fif- say, they, don't say, they don't say Ivanka and Jared anymore. They call them the Kirshners. Yeah, that's right. They're Which just is really re- funny, like it's a bad comedy, like Roseanne. <laughs> The they're just re- they're just reflecting the will of the people. That and 15,000 other quotes from Hitler's bunker are available in Kim's new book, Things to Say When You're In Fucked in a Funk-Bucking Bunker with Fucking Fascists. Available soon on Amazon. <laughs> bunker Boy! That's yes, right. That sets out there. Trump called Pence. <laughs> now, this is the one at the part of it. Uh, Trump called Pence, who was spending the morning in the Naval Observatory residence... You know, looking at something shiny in the corner. <laughs> wondering wondering where his soul was. <laughs> Honey, I left my soul somewhere. The uh, keys. Back in Indiana, probably. Yeah. I can't find your keys. What are you talking about? Pence again <laughs> explained the legal limits on his authority. Now, literally, this is the truth. And, and Pence was right. Pence again explained the legal limits of his authority as vice president and said he planned to perform his ceremonial duty as prescribed by the Constitution, but Trump showed him no mercy. You don't have the courage to make a hard decision, he told Pence. Yeah. Reiterating that this was like that time on Donnie's birthday when the 45th president asked Pence to fly (laughs) or turn into a dragon. (laughs) Oh, no, not that again. And that time, the president simply pouted and went to his room, snorted, snorted Adderall in his jammies. But Pence knew 
Pence knew this time he was serious and would take more than a shiny object to distract him this time. Then came the coup at 2.15. Pence's Secret Service detail removed the vice president from the Senate floor, took him through a side door to his ceremonial office nearby, along with his wife, Karen, and his daughter, Charlotte, and his brother, Greg, I mean, the guy's family. What were they doing there? I don't know. Watching Pence succeed at something. I think, you know, it's, come on, honey, mommy, I'm going to do something Mom, right. Mother, mother. He calls her mother. Yeah. I'm, yeah, mother, I'm leaving the terrorist. <laughs> anyway, that was his family. So, I mean, the Pences were hurried across one of the Capitol's many ornate marble hallways to get there, but the path proved eerily close to danger. One or two minutes later, marauders chanting Mike Pence's name, and how to kill him, <laughs> charged up the stairs to that precise landing in front of the hallway. And a quick-thinking security guard is the one who led the rioters in a different direction, away from the Senate chamber. Had Pence yeah. walked past any later... The intruders who called him a traitor who wanted to hurt him him or hang him would have caught him. Meanwhile, at the White House, fuckface von Clownstick. (laughs) You see, it was a tour. It was was, a tour. He went that way. He went that way. No, I'll tell you, at that exact moment, fuckface Von Clownstick was back in his private dining room watching everything unfold on TV. Aides, including Dan Scavino and Kaylee McEnany, popped in and out with trays of fries, maybe. I don't know. There was a kitchen. The president was riveted. His supporters had heeded his call to march on the Capitol with pride and boldness. For Trump, there was no more beautiful sight than thousands of energetic people waving Trump flags, wearing red MAGA caps, and fighting to keep him in power. Trump good. Trump smash. And then he said, "I'm this is cool and I'm happy. Recalled one aid. And then it turned violent and then he went, oh crap. <laughs> he literally said it. He said, oh crap. Um, back at the White House, his national security advisor was kind of worried about the vice president. Not the president. The president is not worried about it. So Kellogg was worried about Pence's safety, went to find Trump. And and the president said, he's like, okay. The Secret Service has him under control. Karen is there with a daughter, his daughter. Oh, they're going to stay there until things get sorted out. Trump said nothing more. He didn't express any hope that Pence was okay. He didn't try to call the vice president to check on him. He just stayed in the dining room watching television, cramming fries in his fucking yap, watching the riot he started. Hey, Mike. Yep. Mike, Mike Pence, camera three, okay? When you write your book, hey, Mike, he's not that into you. <laughs> you had better he luck tried to fly, have you yeah. killed in front of your family. <laughs> Here is a list that we've compiled here at the Bill Show of things mm. Trump that likes more than you. <laughs> okay, number one is lint. <laughs> the next one is the dead skin you get on your nails. The next Diet is coke. hangnails, beaver pus, anal leakage, echinos vomiting, oh. pond scum, irradiated testes, shingles, toilet urine. All of them are on a list ahead of you. Oh. Wait a minute, I... I think you still might be ahead of Eric. (laughs) In other fascist fun, Randy, uh, the state that wins the dumbest dog shit corrupt bigoted award for the last five years running. (laughs) You're you're thinking what I'm thinking? The close second is Tennessee, who is deliberately forbidding health officials from warning young people that there is, they're in the middle of a plague. This is absolutely true. This is something I heard. Yeah, I don't know. That's fucking true. The state of Mississippi is actually making it easier for people to die. <laughs> you know, I mean, it brings new meaning to the words yeah. tough love. Uh, those pesky damn kids won't be giving us any more problems, as they say in Texas. Cut your hair, mow the lawn, or I'll watch you slowly drown as your lungs fill up with phlegm. Who'll be laughing then, smart guy? Yeah. 
that. That's <laughs> Texas. But certainly, sorry, there was a character. Uh, but certainly, Texas, the state that keeps threatening to secede from the union. Go ahead. But never fucking does. <laughs> Think of all the welfare we'll save. God. Really? Seriously? Yes, the state that gave us Louis Gohmert, Ted Cruz, wins the award hands down this year. And the Republicans in Texas have figured a new way to win elections. You'll never guess what it is, Randy. Uh, you, can <laughs> really only, you can only vote if you are a registered Republican. Kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they, let, don't let people yeah. vote. Yeah, because elections are so much easier without those pesky yeah. voters. You know that? Yeah. Of, just figure that one out. Strangely enough, folks. Yeah, I know. Strangely enough, folks, Texas has a legacy of, I don't know, having a problem with people of a certain shades exercising their constitutional rights. So Governor Greg Abbott and his busy beavers of GOP hacks have instituted laws that make it harder to vote, restrict mail-in voting, institute poll watchers, restricting voting hours, and literally skull-fucking democracy in Texas. Now, that's when the Texas Democrats decided two words— Fuck off. <laughs> they just went, that's it. They literally got on a plane and fucked off. Yeah, they off. flew to Washington, didn't they? they? Didn't. That's right. They did it to deny the House a quorum exactly. for the vote. That is so, yeah. that is so, so clever. Uh, I can't tell you. Yeah. And uh, it's the second time I've seen it done. It was done in Georgia once for similar reasons. Uh, They went to Washington to beg for the passage of the For the People Act, a name that would guarantee, I I suppose, GOP support. I'm being ironic. Uh, They would actually federally reinstitute some of the provisions of the 1964 Voting Rights Act that was dumped when Republican appointees to the Supreme Court decided... Five years ago that, you know, we didn't need a legislation that Martin Luther King died for to protect the vote because Obama was president and the United States wasn't racist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, children. <laughs> and they lived happily ever after. And they went happily ever after. So thank God for that. Not racist. Look, a Republican telling you America is not racist is like Jeffrey Dahmer saying you have great interpersonal dating mm. skills. Okay? <laughs> it's like Harvey or, uh, Weinstein yeah, saying you look good in that. It's like Harvey Weinstein saying you look good in that skirt. You take it with a grain yeah. of salt. <laughs> Who was the cannibal? Uh, Hannibal Lester, uh, you know, taking it to heart with a, with a nice Yeah, that's answer. right. <laughs> you could hold it. And we could go on forever. <laughs> we do. <laughs> now, st- strangely enough, yeah. Randy. Since then, most of the southern states have instituted the Jim Crow legislation, proving once again that Supreme Court justices have little to no ability to see racism if they're racist. Uh, So anyway, that's when the story gets even more repellent, and that's where I'm heading on this one. Uh, Who can you really depend on to spin GOP propaganda? Who do you depend on to perpetuate the big lie that Actually, Trump is the victor. And the vote was all rigged. I told you, it's all rigged. Fake news. Who do you, who do you fucking depend on to do that, even now? Why, it's your old buddy, Rupert fucking Murdoch. By the way, that, that isn't his middle name. His real middle name is Festering Mocha Colored Dog Dirt. Uh, you can look it up. Totally true. It's totally true. So welcome to Primetime Live. This is a long intro, isn't it? <laughs> welcome to Primetime Live on Fox. Now, let me set this up. Yeah. Right? Primetime Live on Fox, Peace Esketh, alias the Murdoch right-wing talking point smug asshole 2000 newsreader computer created by Fox Laboratories. <laughs> I swear to God, that's what this guy is. I swear to God, they they plop about like dog turds over at Fox. Uh, in our next clip, he interviews Democratic congressman who is now living at the Ramada Inn in Washington because Republican wanna, Republicans want to bring down voter restrictions in Texas. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The Fox Laboratories produces a line of completely automated scumbags. <laughs> yes, no... 
No need to worry about those pesky sexual harassment lawsuits when you have the Smug Asshole 2000 newsreader computer. Just turn him on and he'll be a smug ass wife for 20 hours on air or three studio on-air screaming fits. Then instead of harassing their assistants by showing up with shriveled penises, this Fox star... And I'm talking to this yeah. guy, Pete Esketh. This hot star simply is stored in an easy fit closet case in somebody's closet. So for a demonstration of the jet stream caca from Sedition Mountain, let's listen to Pete Esketh and that kid 10 years ago who delivered your newspaper. Because I swear to God, he looks like Jimmy Olsen. Uh, Texas State Representative James Talarico. Obviously, Pete, alias the... Now, this is something you should know before I press play. Obviously, Pete invited James, the Texas congressman, to comment on the For the People Act, which every Democrat came to Washington to endorse and to save their state. That's what they did. The state representatives went there. That's the news story. So Texas wouldn't suspend or restrict voting rights. However... What Pete does is a fantastically diabolical slanting that I want you all to see the perfect use of it. Uh, He ambushes James with a completely pointless question about voting ID. It is not an issue. That law is not an issue. That is not what the protest is about. It's, it has nothing to do. It is already the law in Texas. It's not an issue. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to see some first-class fucking bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the entertainment stylings of the Murdoch right-wing talking point smug asshole 2000 newsreader computer. Here he is, Pete Esketh. Are, are, are you okay so- with voter ID? So voter ID is currently required in the state of Texas. I, I opposed having to How about for mail-in ballots? To vote. How about having to send your ballot in? Should you have to prove who Sorry, you are? Because that's Pete, what I, Democrats I just, are opposing. <laughs> Pete, I just said I, I oppose voter ID. Currently, it's a law in Texas, but I oppose that law because you I think you don't need You oppose voter ID? You, you don't, don't think the most sacred obligation of our republic, you should have to prove who you are in order to vote? So there are a lot of Texans, actually hundreds of thousands, who don't have a driver's license, who, whoa, who whoa, don't, whoa, whoa, whoa. don't drive who at can't, all. Do they have and a Social Security number? Because according is, this, to this Republican law, you can put your last four digits of your Social Security number in Pete, as proof of who you are. Do they not? Pete, no, yeah. help me out. Do those people not have Social Security numbers? And, Pete, and who are these people that can't get IDs? <laughs> so, Pete, if you're talking about the bill that we're currently focused on, not past Texas law, what this bill is going to do is not only reduce voting hours, it's also going to empower these partisan poll watchers who are going to look over oh. voters' shoulders. And Partisan them from poll watchers, you mean God the ones that right. weren't allowed in certain states at certain times in certain yep. places, whether you agree with that or not. So Texas so, says maybe <laughs> we should have partisan poll watchers on either side, Republicans so, and Democrats, right? It wouldn't I just be Republicans. Yeah. First of all, the reason he's on is to discuss the For the People Act. But Pete immediately shifts the argument to voter ID, which is, of course, like asking someone to talk about marmalade and spending half the time arguing about Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts you're going to get anyway, regardless (laughs) of what happens. So why are we talking about this? That is the beauty of the smug asshole 2000 computer. It it can distract you. It will distract you completely from any shit. Completely. Now, let's also enjoy the smug, preppy tone and condescending bullshit that is a cross between Tucker Carlson and your older brother at the barbecue, who's a mean drunk after the third fucking sangria at the golf club. It's the tone of voice that interrupts (laughs) you and kind of makes you want to crush his windpipe and stash him in the trunk of a car, which, of course, would be wrong. Don't do that. I'm just saying. But you can enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> However, there is a point in which the smug asshole 2000 bakes like a faulty robot from Westworld. Watch the way Pete Eskin, alias the Murdoch right wing talking point smug asshole 2000 newsreader computer, creates, <laughs> created by Fox Laboratories, tries to push the lie that voter fraud was the problem. That's what he's trying to do at the end of it. He's talking about voting observers, okay? He's talking about voting observers. 
and then gets into talking about that because the only reason that they're actually doing these voting ID is because they've managed to sell the fiction that the vote wasn't for real. It's the only excuse no, they're rigged. doing it for. They're doing it. It's, it's rigged. rigged. That's why they're doing it. They, they want to make you think that it's rigged. <laughs> hey, let's get down to it. It's a lie that Fox is spreading on air. And it's sedition against the serving U.S. government. It is. Yeah. Let's listen to a little bit of what happens to the uh, Pete, Fesc- uh, Pete uh, when he's confronted a little bit. Uh, let's see what happens. Do you remember Do you remember a second ago when I talked about the big lie? This is exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, and the reason that so many folks believe you in just, this country you just is got because went folks on like national you get on television, television James, every night and, say and repeat the lie over and over ID. again. We're not talking about that. We, we, I, we just, you just went I, on national television and said you listen, don't want voter he, ID, revealing he, exactly what Democrats... And it's so condescending to say that people can't get identification. Do, he, have you, you, have you found listen, someone you, in your district that can't get identification? You have made a lot of money personally, and you've enriched a lot of corporations <laughs> with advertising by getting on here and spewing lies and conspiracy theories to folks who that trust you. About my and so what I'm asking you to do is I to see. tell your voters right now that Donald Trump hey, lost the election you've in 2020. At least you've resolved the lie that is did you, Democrats did are now for voter have? ID. It's not did you your hear show, what I asked? sir. But at least, did, I, at least you resolved the idea that Democrats are not for voter ID. Did Donald Trump lose the election in 2020? Real quick. Can you answer the question? Did Donald Trump lose the election in 2020? I'm answering questions. I'm not... Yeah, it's like watching circuits fry. <laughs> I can't say that. You know why? Because they can't do it. It's like kryptonite. It'll get in the way of the tribal rabid base who listens to Hannity and gets an erection at the idea of putting their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk or killing two cops. Yeah, really, seriously. All kidding aside, right, this is between you and me, guys. Uh, I'm just a little podcast, but Rupert Murdoch should have to answer for what he's done. Condoning the notion that our elections are not legitimate and egging on violent mobs to further action is not free speech. Contributing to paranoia by pushing anti-vaccine bullshit to the unwashed during a fucking epidemic, which they did, is not free speech. If you want to go for these, if you want to go after these freaks, start holding Rupert Murdoch responsible. There used to be a thing called the FCC. There used to be the idea that the public airwaves were given as a trust by the American people. Free speech, by the way, does not cover what Fox News is doing. It does not cover negligence. It does not cover exciting to riot. Free speech is not encouraging people to literally put their lives in the danger so you can perpetrate a cult that Roger Rails created with Rupert Murdoch just to get rich. So that's uh, about all I have to say there, Randy. I don't think I have anything else to say. I think I've said my piece. Well, I, I, I'm sure there would be something if you wanted oh, yeah, to. Oh yeah, but I can appreciate I, I can appreciate that you've decided that, that uh, you've probably said enough. I should shut up now. <laughs> we'll wake up. We'll wake. We'll wake up the listener. We'll wake oh, up thanks, the listener man. We'll, <laughs> with a bit of with a bit of comedy, we'll wake up the listener, and um, and then we'll yeah. Move well, on. here's here's uh, here's one that I really wanted to share with you. My father had an old album. Uh, it was one of the first comedy albums that I ever played when I was a kid, and it was a, a collection of songs by Tom Lyra. Now, are you familiar with who Tom Lehrer is? Oh, am I familiar? Which one do you want yeah, me to sing? Yeah, me too. Uh, if, you're, if you're like <laughs> both Randy and I, we grew up with the satirical sound of a guy named Tom Lehrer who was a former mathematics professor at Harvard who did a series of satirical songs in the spirit of... Oh, I, I, Randy Rainbow, you know, um, 
yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the Vatican rag. Vatican I mean, rag is had a very hilarious. Cutting. But you yeah. know, I, I, I was just yeah. listening last night, and you know, we were doing those uh, stories on Texas. You know, if you want to Tennessee, yeah. you know, just like that that story about Tennessee not cutting funds and barring teachers from promoting vaccine <laughs> programs is just so fucked in the head. I have never so I I was listening to Mike Tom Lira last night and in nineteen fifty nine Tom Lira wrote a song. Yeah of really potent satire about the South. And when I listened to the lyrics, I realized that was in 1960. We've been putting up with the same shit from these guys for like ever. For 70 70 years. Now, people say, you're you're just being... No, for 70 years, we've been dealing with the same shit. The same shit. And uh, here's... Tom Lyra, listen to the lyrics. They could be happening today. Uh, this is, I want to go back to Dixie, and then we'll be right straight into Randy's Rand for 276. <laughs> <laughs> See you in a moment, kids. <laughs> Take me back to dear old Dixie That's the only little old place for little old me Old times, they are not forgotten Whopping slaves and selling cotton And waiting for the Robert E. Lee It was never there on time I'll go back to the Swanee Where pellagra makes you scrawny And the honeysuckle clutters up the vine I really am a fixin' to go home and start a mixin' down below that Mason Dixon line. Oh, poll tax. How I love ya, how I love ya, my dear old poll tax. Won't you come with me to Alabama, back to the arms of my dear old mammy? Her cooking's lousy and her hands are clammy, but what the hell, it's home. Yes, for paradise, the Southland is my nominee. Just give me a ham hock and a grit of harmony. I wanna go back to Dixie. I wanna be a Dixie Bixie and eat corn pone till it's coming out of my ears. I wanna talk with Southern gentlemen and put my white sheet on again. I ain't seen one good lynching in years. Shut my mouth, land Be it ever so decadent There's no place like home And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times because it's time once again for Randy's Rant. It's rant time. (laughs) Oh, I'm scared, man. I'm scared. What the hell's going on over there? Please don't be scared, Billy. Okay. Uh, as a perfect, as a perfect. I thought I had the wrong number. To, <laughs> what you rang me, you rang me up, and you thought somebody else was helping you. Somebody was sharing the show with you. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Uh, hello, Randy. not here. Hello, hello, random caller here. Would you like to co-host the Bill Show with me tonight? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I started with A. I started with Mr. Adams. <laughs> I'm always up to the M's, Mr. McElhaney. Listen to me. I think this is the perfect follow-up for you and your your Tennessee friends. Okay. Uh, the fact that a poll was released on the 15th of July, which is what, uh, yeah. four days ago in, yeah. in Australian time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two out of three Southern Republicans want to secede from the United States. 
Two out of no, three Southern Southern Re- Republicans. Republicans. And yeah, want to fuck off. Southern Rep- <laughs> they want to fuck off. And I, like I said before, think of all the welfare and the food stamps we'll save. Well, that's but, the. But they keep promising, man. They're just teasing us. I don't believe them at, anymore. <laughs> you know, fuck. It, it's been years and years if you of. Look at the, uh, He's like a 10-year-old. Texas is like a 10-year-old kid going, well, you'll be sorry if I leave, and never leaves. <laughs> well, it's not just Texas. It's 66% of the Republicans in all of the st- southern states except West Virginia. Oh, my 66%. God. 66%. If you look at the map, it's exactly Mason-Dixon line. 66% uh, of the Republican Party. Where did this come from? Uh, um... It was from uh, Colby Hall, uh, a YouGov poll, um, in conjunction with Blue 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 Line Watch. Uh, the survey uh, looked at current political climate in America. The most stunning question concerned support or opposition for the state in which the respondents lived in seceding from the United States to join a new union with an list of the states in the new union. Uh, five prospective new unions were constructed by region and inserted the relevant states for respondents uh, into the question wording example. For example, for example, uh, participants in California in our survey were asked if they want to secede from the United States and join a new union, including Washington, Oregon, Hawaii and Alaska. And which actually makes a lot of sense because that's where most of the level heads are and most of the revenue. But. Uh, people don't want to secede except what's called the South. Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Kentucky, and Tennessee. That's and there's a map that shows these, uh, these, uh, these uh, uh, very, very interesting uh, uh, maps. Uh, 47% wanted to form the California Union. Uh, with Alaska and Hawaii. Um, 43% wanted the Mountain Union. 43% wanted the Heartland Union. Uh, Only 35% wanted the Northeast, which is, uh, you know, where you... (laughs) Yeah, well, we don't want you. (laughs) Yeah, but 66... Well, there's not a guy from Boston going, yeah, well, fuck your mother anyway. (laughs) That's not not what what your mother said. That's not what your mother said. Now, 66% of Southern Republicans wanted to form this uh, Southern Union. So it sounds very much like the Civil War. Well, I don't know who saw that coming. (laughs) I don't know who saw that coming. I I don't know. I I just, I just, we've got the, you know, you know who's laughing? You know who's laughing through all this shit? Fucking Vladimir Putin. Laughing his fucking ass off. And, and, and Rupert and Rupert Murdoch Rupert and Rupert Murdoch. Murdoch. That's right. You know, but now, Vladimir Putin and uh, and China. Oh man, yeah. they are having a time now. They are having now, a this, time right this now. This was conducted every six months, and it was first conducted just after January sixth mm-hmm. uh, with similar results. Wow! But That's... six six months later, six months later, the pendulum's actually swung further. So there you go. I thought you'd like that. That's amazing now, to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it does look very much. Yeah, but let them go. Let them go. <laughs> Think of all the money we'd save. Well, no, now, I mean, it's one. just, you know, it's the same shit. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it never died. Anyway, what else so, you got? S- same shit, different asshole. Yeah. We wouldn't, okay, we wouldn't have had to have Black Lives Matter if we didn't have 300 years of Black Lives Didn't Matter. That's correctly That's true. Sin. I That's saw that it. meme. I okay. like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. And another one is why? Who, is who, who said that, by the way? Who's the person uh, who said J- that? Jane Elliott. Jane yep. Elliott, an anti-racism activist. Yeah. Now, uh, I like this. Why is it that God seems to only speak to really stupid people? <laughs> um, you know, we're talking about uh, Sarah I think Palin. it's a broad generalization. Uh, well, Sarah, all God really spoke stupid. to Martin Luther King. He thought God spoke to him. No, he, had he a just dream. wasn't pushy about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, Uncle, Uncle. Yeah, and now a lot of these guys—the guy that built the Ark, you know. Anyway, uh, Michelle Bachman, 
uh, these people uh, are really stupid, I think, and they come in to, to Congress or yeah. whatever and say God spoke. Yeah. To yeah, yeah, but there's a difference, you know. Oh. I mean, it's like you, you and I are a lot different. You're you're so kind of anti. You're not a religious type. I gotta say that. But whereas I was brought up in the church, I believe if you think God talks to you from the dinner table, hey, have at it, Oz. You got a free. Yeah. To, you are free to do that. You're not free to genitally mutilate somebody because your friggin' religion says so. By the way, you don't. You don't. You're not well, marrying at 12 years old. I don't give a fuck what your religion says. Okay, uh, and you yeah. don't have the right to go in and push your religion on somebody else. And I okay. think that's it, where I draw the line on that. Yeah, uh, genital, genitally mutilate as in circumcision or in female circumcision? No, I mean, it's, uh, we, we have many people who come from Middle Eastern or African countries whose traditions are literally to abuse women. And, God, you know, like, yeah. God, God help the women in Afghanistan right now, but by the way. See, people see God the 7,000 years... People see the 7,000 years of male circumcision as being mutilation as well. Um, anyway, if if Fox News were around in the 50s... I got to take exception to that comment there, Randy. I don't think you what? can... I don't think that you can compare a bris to religions that actually advocate the mutilation rape of underage children. And there are religions in the Middle East... Yeah. They do that, and no, we it's deal in with Africa. them. It's it's in Africa. It's it's not in the Middle East. Anyway, um, so anyway, you've taken exception. Uh, I've noted. Mm. If Fox News were around in the fifties, we'd still be fighting polio. Agree or disagree? You are uh, you asking me? I think that's. Uh... Uh, no, I, I'm asking the listener. Oh. If Fox News were around in the fifties, would we still be fighting polio? Yeah, you would. Yeah, okay. Here's one for you. Breaking news. Okay. This is just from t- two days ago. Trump insurre- a Trump insurrectionist who told the Capitol Police to bring Nancy Pelosi out here now. We want to hang that fucking bitch. Yeah. Cites the Bible. Cites the Bible. Uh, oh, really? Claims, <laughs> it's fucking bitch in claim, the Bible. I hadn't heard it in there before. Claims divine guidance. <laughs> while representing herself in court as a sovereign citizen who ah. is not subject to U.S. law. Okay. Now, <laughs> this, lady, this lady is actually, uh, I've got her name here um, from the New York Daily Record. Her yeah. name is Pauline Bauer. Pauline and the, special. Uh, she was, am- she was ar- arrested in the end of May uh-huh. by the FBI. She's from Pennsylvania. Oh, good she allegedly, her. Yeah. She allegedly forced her way into the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, demanding that Speaker Nancy Pelosi and other lawmakers be handed over to insurrectionists, shouting, bring them out, they're criminals, they need to hang. Uh, Can I interrupt? Can I I raise my hand for a minute? Uh, I can't see it. It's right here. Hi. There it is. Yeah, I see it, yeah. Did you did you ever think that Pauline might have some anger issues? <laughs> you know that that woman at the school bus who just goes what? <laughs> She's from Kane, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Kane, Pennsylvania, and she went on to tell Metropolitan Police officers, barring her entrance into the hallway, "Bring Nancy Pelosi out here now. We uh-huh. want to hang that fucking bitch. Uh-huh. Bring her out. We're coming in. We're coming if you don't bring her out." Uh, what are you doing trying to protect that fucking Nazi? Now, uh, apparently... Um, Sounds like Grace Kelly, doesn't she? She's just well, lyrical. Uh, yeah. She's incredible. <laughs> it's really... Anyway... I don't know how the co- men can the, uh, stay away from Pauline. She's so attractive. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, this lady, this lady uh, has been arrested, and like I say, she's on trial saying... You can't try me under those laws. You know that you know the, here, uh, you know the way you describe her. I ha- I have this picture of someone, a, a large woman, wrestling over a huge, <laughs> a huge jar of chunky peanut butter at a Walmart. No, no, no. <laughs> she's in a she's in a uh, she's actually quite svelte. Oh, good and, on her. Um, and she's wearing a beanie that says "Make America." I, I assume great again. 
Look at a, 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 a helmeted beanie instead of a baseball cap. Okay, and she's got a you. big, a big sort of like home beautiful smile. So she I'm just went, saying, she went to the Capitol with a beanie. <laughs> Sorry, well, Kyle. it's just the, the the divine guidance and the um, uh, a sovereign citizen who isn't subject to U.S. law. I don't I don't understand that at all. No. Um, anyway, so those are some of my little uh, wonderful little. Uh, Excuse me, rants. Uh, now I've got something for you, which I thought you would like because I did it for you, Billy. For me, I d- I did this for you. Thank you. I man. recorded. I re- I recorded Patrick uh, J. Kearney's letter. Oh, tell us about Patrick okay. J. Kearney's letter. Okay. Well, I, I sort of throw back to him at the end, but Patrick uh, J. Kearney is a music teacher, a junior high school music teacher from Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of one step away from the music man. And he uh, uh, does a blog and he makes his social commentary in the uh, in letters to people. Right. Uh, you know, and I think there, some of them are very fine. Anyway, this one was the letter uh, to our friend uh, uh, Tucker Carlson. Oh, Patrick J. And Kearney's in- letter to Tucker Carlson read by yours truly. But Randy. By, by, by Captain Randy, and he's read it for us uh, because he thought so much of it. So, Patrick J. Kearney? No, well, I thought you, you so, did, so did you. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I, I, here I'm it just, is. But my memory's gone. It's, it's dead. <laughs> uh, uh, this is show two, 276 of The Bill Show, The <laughs> Week in Politics. Okay, we'll be back with Patrick J. Kearney. This is a cut from Randy. Here it is. Dear Tucker Carlson, hey, Tuck, I just got done watching a segment of your show. You know, the one where you suggest that there should be a camera in every classroom in order to root out, uh, let me be accurate about this, civilization ending poison. I'm going to zig where you thought most teachers should zag. I welcome your Orwellian cameras in my classroom. Frankly, I don't know many teachers who would object to having people watch what we do. As a matter of fact, I hate to tell you this, Tucker Swanson McNear Carlson, but most of us spent last year having video cameras in our classroom. You see, I think you believe that your suggestion that people see what happens in our classrooms will somehow scare teachers. The truth of it is that we have been begging for years to have people such as yourself come to our classrooms. I I somewhat famously asked Ms. Betsy DeVos to visit a public school before she became Secretary of Education. It's unclear whether she has yet to set foot in an actual public school classroom, but I digress. I sense that you think that you'll see us all as pinko teachers speaking endlessly about critical race theory leading to... uh, Let me again again get this right. Civilization ending poison. I've been in a lot of classrooms, more than I am willing you have been, I bet, and think you're going to be disappointed on that front. What happens in America's classrooms is teaching and learning. Your spy cameras will see teachers and students working together to be better every day. I'll tell you what I saw on a tour of classrooms Not that long ago, I saw a group of kindergartners trying to create bridges over running water with basic classroom supplies in a lesson about collaboration. I saw a high school literature class uh, talking about a character development in the classroom menagerie. I saw a middle school history class participating in a group project where they had to solve problems in a fictional city which specifies of how you would utilize resources and build public support for their projects. Anyone watching your cameras will see learning all day, every day. For those who watch your nanny cams carefully, they'll see a lot of other things as well. They will see teachers working with students who have vastly different life experiences. They will see students who are fluent in multiple languages working with teachers to a proficient yet, uh, one in yet one more language. They will see students 
who are hungry to get their one solid meal a day in the cafeteria. They will see students itching for more fine arts, industrial technology, or world languages to be offered in their schools. In my classroom, if we're being honest, they'll probably hear some sketchy annotation from my saxophone, and I promise we're working on it, but for sure they will see learning all day, every day. To be honest, I'm fascinated by the logistics of your proposal. In a world where school districts are struggling to recruit and maintain teachers, who is going to man your citizen review boards? Setting aside the fact that public school teachers already answer to publicly elected school boards. For instance, in my school district, I sense you would need well over 500 cameras going every day. Who watches these 500 screens for 10 hours a day? I want, you, I want to watch you uh, uh, see my 7 a.m. jazz band and my after-school lessons, too. What qualifications would these experts need to know what they're watching for? What happens when they catch a teacher teaching, uh, let me get this right, civilization and new poison? Who would, do the, who would they report to? I'm also curious, who will pay for all of these, this incredible technology? Maybe I missed it, but can you point me to a, a kindergarten to year 12 institution where critical race theory is being taught? Hell, can you even define critical race theory for all of us? I'm sure you've got answers to all of these questions. Frankly, I've never been able to figure it out. Instead of dreaming up Orwellian plans to have Big Brother in all of our classrooms, why don't you round up an army of bright young conservatives to actually step up and teach. Is it because teachers work hard, aren't paid as much as those with similar educational backgrounds, don't have support from our elected officials, constantly serve as punching bags for those who don't understand public education? Or is it because it's easier to throw rocks at a house than to build one? Here's the real deal, Tuck. I grew up with my mom making me eat your family's Salisbury steaks once every couple of weeks. My family made Swanson TV dinners for many years. I struggled to take advice on teaching and learning from a guy whose family's made a steak that to this day tastes like shoe leather and has been, that has been left out in a goat pasture for a few weeks. I get that critical race theory is your latest attempt to scare your easily manipulated demographic. But let's just admit that you don't know what you're talking about. With all of that being said, let me count, count me in on the cameras, Tucky. I'd, I, like many teachers in the early stages of understanding critical race theory, most of us hadn't heard of it until you and your people started crying about it. But if you find me teaching it, have one of the Tucker youth watching our surveillance devices and let me know. If critical race theory involves talking honestly about American history, I'm probably doing that sometimes. I spent much of the last six years advocating for a way for teaching to become more transparent, and in the dumbest way possible, you are joining that crusade. Let's make this happen, TV dinner boy. Sincerely, Patrick J. Kearney, actual teacher. Wow. That was, that was impressive. <laughs> Yeah, Patrick J. Kearney. The guy, uh, yeah. uh, he's a music teacher, yeah. was he? Junior high. Junior yeah. high music teacher. You know something? I mean, in I Iowa, Iowa. I both Randy and I were. Uh, I was married to the best teacher I ever knew, and Randy's married yeah. to a teacher. Both of us are yeah. teachers. Um, yeah, I've been a teacher. I yeah. and both of our I are, became are actors and as well. actors yeah. as well. But I, I got to tell you something, man. The best people I've ever met uh, have been teachers and nurses. Mm. I, I, I just, I, I'm confounded by the generosity of spirit and the kind of people that are attracted by those professions. Uh, special needs, all those things, uh, primary school. You know, uh, certain professions, I think, attract a certain amount of empathy and certain people getting involved in them. And when I see teachers literally working, even in this country, 10, 15 hours more than they have to, I mean, it never ends. Yeah. And uh, the first thing that you see conservatives go after 
is educators. Because I'm sorry, man, the conservatives want you stupid. They do. They want you stupid. The stupider you are, the better it is for them. Because teachers teach... Stu- stupid stupid, and uninformed. That's right. But uninformed. Uh, actual critical thinking is not liberal or conservative. Yeah. But your ability to detect bullshit goes up about 1,000%. The more you read, the yeah, more you the, look, the, 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 capital, the more you learn. Go ahead. Sorry. The, the, the capital insurrectionists, didn't we work out that over 70% of them were college educated? Yeah, I know. And that's, that's just shocking it, to me. But, you know, I also know that, yeah. that there are a lot of rich people who are not nice people. No, that's <laughs> you know, true. Seriously, man, there are a lot of rich and poor people that have the same problem. Uh, you know, we did a show back a long time ago called uh, Is Trump a Trojan Horse? I was looking back at the old shows and it was when he was running and we we, pros- we yeah. prophesied that Donald Trump was going to be a Trojan Horse for <laughs> David Koch. And he was. So, I mean, there are a lot of rich people who love Trump, man. They just, they just got richer and richer. So it's it's amazing to me. Well, thanks, man. I think uh, that about does it for this show. But we're going to come back with another show real soon, right? Yeah, I've nearly got. I've got it ready to go. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, because I've got stuff to do, and we've got stuff to do. Hey, listen, guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to us. I'd like to thank all of our new listeners, including uh, we've got Susie over in Lakes Entrance. Susie, I hope things are fantastic where you are. My uh, dear friend Cotter, who always listens. <laughs> I'd like to thank, of course, our godmother, ladies and gentlemen, Val. Val, we love you. Thank you so much. Hello, Claudia over in New Hampshire. David over in Boston. DL in L.A., thank you so much. Uh, We are going to be modernizing our website. It is coming. Patreon button, everything. Uh, And it's coming, including Bill Show merch, which you will want to buy for your very own. Until next time. We love you. Take care. Bye-bye.